0: Okay, here we go. Just just uh, Colleen and Aaron today. Sean is traveling he's here. for work.
1: He's in San Diego. Oh, he's there. Yeah, I'm going to see him tomorrow.
0: Oh, no way. This yeah. is the second time I think that he's traveled out there and y'all have gotten to hang out, right?
1: I know. It's super awesome that his day job yeah. brings him to where I live. It's nonsense. He
0: actually he texted me, I think, on Sunday um, and said, waving from the DFW airport. And I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I get I get the airport stopovers and you get to actually hang out with him. So <laughs> it sucks yeah. for me. So what's going on? Uh, what's going on in, I guess, client world? Yeah.
1: I So this isn't actually client world, but I did get um, the back end of the repo pulled out for Jesse, for Bento, so they That's could play right. around with I it. I saw that. It was really interesting because it took me a lot longer than I thought it would, which was mm. um, a good. It's not bad, but it was, it was a against, good exercise. It was against
0: the explicitly stated goal that we wouldn't spend too long on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I had that individual pursuit time on Thursday night, so That's I right. did it during my individual pursuit time.
0: Love that.
1: I think it was. I think it was a really good exercise to actually pull it out to see how much work was involved um Mm -hmm. i ran into like a couple little things that we knew we were going to run into but i have forgotten Mm -hmm. for example our tests our tests are right now database specific Mm -hmm. so i spun up a new rails app with postgres because that's what i do as default (laughs) yep and then i dumped our code in and i was like "Oh!" and all
0: the grammar was different and yeah yeah
1: none of the tests work so That was fine. Obviously, that's easy to fix. But it was just like little things like that Mm -hmm. that I ran into. So it was really good to see that. And just some things I have added into the client's repo, like testing libraries and um, Mm
0: -hmm. making
1: sure I get everything out the way I want it to be. And so hopefully, I have given him enough information that they can get started. Did you watch those videos I sent him? No, I didn't. Okay, they're short. I sent him little overview videos. I also have an hour-long video about tracks pending relationship subqueries, but I didn't send him no that. No way.
0: <laughs> I do. Send me that. I want to watch that.
1: No, it's just like me. It's like my stream of conscious. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna walk through this, so I have it all sorted out.
0: Wait, where did you send these videos? Is it in they're our... They're in
1: the GitHub repo in the read?
0: Oh, okay. I was checking our DMs. Um, no, I didn't see that. I will go watch those.
1: Yeah, it was nine o'clock at night, so they were—they're a little stream of conscious. But um, I hope that I'm really curious to see what they're able to do with it. Now Mm -hmm. I am so familiar with it. You obviously have this problem too, that it makes total sense Mm to me, and then I'm—I'm trying to impart that information to a third party who has never seen it, Mm -hmm. and I'm really curious to see how that works out.
0: Yeah. I really want to see this one hour tracks pending subqueries thing. That I, I think that talking. would make me so happy. I, I,
1: I feel like it's very like I'm just like oh and now we go here and now we do this. Mm-hmm. But um I I it's nice to have it to reference when I get when I'm like wait what does this data structure do?
0: Yeah. And when we hopefully one day write it in another language it'll be nice to have that yeah recorded somewhere. Have you heard anything from Jesse?
1: I have not. Uh, and no, again, he said I just, a
0: couple days ago, like, oh, we're getting was, started on it. I
1: feel like it was just yesterday or the day before. It was recently. So I haven't heard anything. But the great thing is I was going to pull the front out. The reason it took so long is I was originally going to pull the front out, front end and the back end out and put them in a new Rails app and have a complete package. Mm-hmm. And I started to pull the front end stuff out. And <laughs> it's pretty heavily entwined with the client work.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: it's just a lot um in terms of the way the client is stabilizing cuz like what the client does with hotwire is every time you you enter something in the text box like on a debounce so not when you hit enter like every time you enter something debounced we're stabilizing we're providing a new stable id oh on really the front end. yeah so what's hap- so the javascript for it is like a lot
0: <laughs> yeah so
1: every time on the front end with a client. Now the user starts typing, for example, in a text box, we stabilize. I have an Ajax request that goes to stabilize that. Is it just URL
0: encoded stabilization for that one? It's just URL.
1: That's why it's URL encoded stabilization. So it's free. Then the, um, then our stimulus controllers, our JavaScript sends an event saying this filter has been stabilized. Then the bullet train specific filter partial listens for that event and uh, does some does some more magic. And then when you hit apply, you just take, if if your state has a URL encoded stabilized ID, you just push to that URL. So it- Say
0: that again, the last part, you just push to that URL? What is-
1: Of the stable ID. Yeah, we just, you just, the way they apply it is, the way it is applied is it's not- mm-hmm another round trip to the server it's i already Mm -hmm. have the filter stabilized it has not changed Mm. so apply is just like push state to force that filter to render on the page
0: gotcha okay
1: and anyway that isn't very specific (laughs) yeah it's like i was trying to pull it out and then i needed you know, all this other stuff. And he's not even using Turbo Hotwire. Not even
0: using, yeah. And
1: so I was like, this is a, I'm spending too much time because, oh my gosh, trying to pull it, like all of the events that this, that that's going on in the front end in our JavaScript for right now, like there's a lot going on there in terms of the people who are listening to the events and pushing and mm-hmm. um, so it's almost, it's actually, you know, almost working, but I didn't want to send him to send him that one because I am not sure how much of that is client specific right so i want to be i think i told you that um do not share that repo with anyone i don't think it's client specific but i don't want to share it and i um he doesn't care because he's not using it and it seems and it seemed more complicated than it was worth for like a basic query builder that whole turbo situation so back ends out good news is sean can we can try and get view set up now Mm -hmm. because it should theoretically just work so that's cool
0: yeah that's super cool um that is what i have been doing is we got it integrated last week and now i'm working on the couple of sticking points between the two and it's like i've got it in a browser here it's it's working um
1: awesome
0: i know it's super great so great and i'll tell you what like it is so nice to have both of them together in a little playground where I can make changes to both of them and like npm will, or yeah node will run and compile everything again and I don't have to like push and redownload it's just like oh this is wrong in the javascript I can change this this is wrong in the php I can change this refresh now it works
1: that's it's, awesome
0: so fast and so amazing. Nice. So yeah, I'm feeling really good about that. Um, The thing I've been working on is getting, um, so with, um, with the view front end, we want to be able to let the developers choose um, like what components are rendered So, like, when they choose an equals, let's say, like, number equals, that equals clause has some component property, has a component property attached to it so that we know what to render next to the clause. You know, for number equals, the thing that we render next to it is a single number input. For number is between, the thing that we render next to it is a double Number input. Is so, that you tracking yeah. all that? Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> what I've been working on right now is the system to register all of those components so that let's say they have a date picker that they really like and they don't want to use the one that came with the view to front end that we provide. I want them to be able to just swap out the date, the single date and the date between so that they don't have to reinvent the whole front end. They can just say, actually, I want to use this date component instead of your date component. So that's what I've been working on. Um, And then, of course, like, if they have custom, um, custom clauses, they need to be able to specify what component to use so that the user can input their data. And it's great because, like... Most of their custom clauses, whatever you know, whatever they should be, um, will be able to be satisfied by the components that we already ship because we ship like text input, number, date, double date, um, select. You know, you can do drop downs. So hopefully, even if people are writing custom clauses and compo- or clauses and conditions, they won't have to write any custom front end they could just utilize ours so yeah it's really really great and i'm super pumped with where we're at right now for for like the first time in a really long time i'm like this is it man like we're gonna do this thing there's there's been a there's been a big old lull there in the middle while you guys were working on client and i was like man we're never gonna get there But we're back, baby. I feel like we're going to get there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm super pumped.
1: It's awesome. I love it. It also
0: helps that I got the first proper integration done. So we are, for Keith, it's done. Like, I handed it over to him.
1: Well done. So it's
0: it's a little different because he's not using the front end, which is, you know, fine. He already has a front end. Um, Yeah. So it's not quite the full deal, but it's still, like... I've set him up in our distribution system, which is unlock dot sh for anyone that wants to distribute private packages. I've set him up in there with a license. He's like composer requiring it, like it's the real deal. There's no like side loading, sim linking, or anything. So I got him like set up, fully up and running, and I handed him his project back. And it's
1: that's I amazing.
0: Feel, yeah, I feel yeah. There's a couple a couple of um. I don't. I mean, they are big wins, but they're big emotional wins yeah. to be like, okay, like this friggin' thing works, and like when I handed it over to Keith, I was like, okay, here's like here's what we got. I think, like I think it's pretty good. There's still more work that y- you'll need to do because you have the domain knowledge of your app, and you'll need to like finish out some of the fiddly parts. But this is like, this is what I've got. This is how far I got. What do you think? And he was like, This is unbelievable. I'm so moved. I never thought I would be moved by code. And I was like, Ah, oh, thank goodness. Cause, you know, of course I felt like, Oh, it's not good enough. But he was like, No, this is, this is ideal. So awesome. super pumped. Also, really glad to have that project off my plate because I was very busy with it. And yeah. Um, it's nice to have some free time back, so. Yes. Feeling much better.
1: Nice. That's great news.
0: I know. Man, the the, the lull, like, while you're just grinding, and you're not, like, you haven't released, and you're just grinding, and you're like, am I an idiot? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, is this am I very stupid? Is this never going to work? Am I like, that part is, that part's real tough. I don't love that part. Yeah. And I know that the answer's like, oh, just release before you're ready. But like,
1: uh, it's kind of. It's interesting. So I was talking to a friend of mine at the Indie Hacker meetup here. Mm -hmm. And he has been in the startup space for a long time. And he, we were talking a lot about Laravel and he was talking a lot about what you have been telling Sean and I from the beginning, which is, it's not an ecosystem in which you want to release just release something that's not very well done, mm-hmm. and um, that we talked about it for a while. But but like he,
0: that's interesting.
1: Totally agreed with that assertion that like within the Laravel ecosystem specifically, that's not a good move.
0: Hmm. Well, that makes me feel better. That's interesting that that was his perspective as well. That makes me feel better. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, I agree and have been saying that. And it's, I think, doubly tough because of the nature of what we're building. One is it's very, um, it's very technically difficult. And so it's hard to be like, oh, I'll just like, we'll just ship it and we'll fix it later. It's like, right. oh, this is going to like, this could potentially cause some real pain for our users if we're like returning things that aren't true. Like that's a bad deal. And then the second thing that's tough is, um, there's like eternal state built into our application. So like once a filter is stabilized and out there in the world, especially with like URL encoded filters, there's no getting it back. Like, you can never get it back. You can break it. You can migrate it. But you can't ever just be like, okay, that one's invalid. Like, you just have to, like, have contingency plans for, okay, what if I change an ID? What if this filter name changes? What if this condition goes away? Because people are going to come back to their bookmarks and suddenly everything's broken. So, anyway, life is hard, but I'm feeling... So so much better.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad. That's
0: Yeah. Super encouraging. And we've got so, um go ahead.
1: Oh uh, no, go ahead. I
0: was gonna say we've got Dave working on React. Right. Um and I think he's starting today. Okay. Um so I think we decided we're gonna give him uh, a chunk of like fifty hours and see how far he gets and then reevaluate. Um but yeah. I mean, he's already gotten so far just like yeah. dorking around on his own so yeah. i'm pretty pleased with i feel like that and, and
1: i think that might i think react and rails is going to be really good together i, I
0: think, think this so.
1: turbo is maybe not the best fit the way this has been um, done no. but i feel like the react rails is going to be be really solid and a lot of people aren't aren't on the turbo bandwagon yet cuz it's so right. new so there's right. that as well so i think that um i think this is going to be cool what? I think
0: the only thing that could make our client engagement better is if they had been using React from the beginning.
1: But yeah, it definitely is interesting they, the way
0: They is. have legit reasons for using for not using React, um but like in a perfect perfect world they'd be using React
1: and we'd have <laughs> that and, we'd have that but we'll
0: get it we'll we'll get it anyway, so we'll we'll be fine.
1: What's your uh, soft launch plan for Laravel with our your list? So, our yeah, list. Yeah,
0: so next week um provided I get this component stuff done, which I am pretty sure that I will. um, Next week at some point, I'm going to reach out to a couple of the people that have expressed the most interest um, and try to just basically handhold them through the process. See how it goes. Yeah. Kind of one-on-one like, all right, we're in the DMS. Like, what are you, is it working? Is it not? Like, what are your errors? What are your questions? Um, so that'll start next week, um, provided this gets finished. And then after that, I don't really know because, <clears throat> so if I onboard you know one or two people next week, that puts us into, um, so today is the 8th. If I reach out to them next week, let's say on the 15th, And I spend a couple of days working, getting them integrated. The week after that is the 20th through the 24th.
1: Yeah, so no one's working that week. Or really the next week. Or the next week. So you're really looking early January before you know.
0: Yeah, and so this is a question. There's, There's some notion that, like, nobody's really working that week, but there's also the notion that, like, Nobody's really working that week, so I can do, you know, I can do a bunch of work. Like, are there people out there who are like, okay, finally, everything's quiet. I'm going to do some fun work. And would this qualify as like, I want to try this out and see how it goes? It might. But the yeah, it's tough because it costs a thousand dollars. Yeah, so. I feel like
1: the answer. My my gut reaction there is the answer is no, because mm-hmm. no one's just buying it for their side projects. People are buying it for that work. It's true, and they're taking a yeah. the week off work. So I think nobody it's wants to, be to yeah work. Yeah, no one wants to do regular work. Regular work. Heck no. On their on their vacation. <laughs>
0: no freaking way. Okay, so I think that's a good
1: realistically, point. yeah. I don't think so. So don't feel disappointed if people are like, yeah, we'll do it in January.
0: Yeah, I don't care about that right now, man. It's low priority. Um, Yeah, so I think that may be it then. Just try to get, you know, I'll reach out to several people and as many that want to take me up um, before Christmas, I'm happy to, to work with. I also want to specifically try to not work over Christmas because I worked so much over Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. on Keith's stuff um, which is a whole nother you know philosophical question I'll save for later because we've only got 18 <laughs> more minutes but
1: <laughs> okay
0: and I'll, I'll tease it here's the question <clears throat> Colleen as as the happiest person in in <laughs> in the slack here's the question and we can't talk about it now because we don't have enough time I know but here's the question you gotta go how much How much does it make sense to sacrifice now in terms of, like, time so that you can reach escape velocity later and suddenly have all the time in the world, you know, quote unquote, versus how much does it make sense to just work the nine to five, boring, but you're not like sacrificing Thanksgiving break and weekends and individual pursuit nights. You're just freaking getting a paycheck and hanging out. Right. Right. Because the sacrifice only is only valuable provided you reach escape velocity. Because if, if you don't reach escape velocity, then you would have been better off just working a nine to five and like dorking around in your free time. Right?
1: You're right. You're not okay, wrong. think about it. I'll think about so, it. We'll talk about it next time. Yeah.
0: L- dear listener, come back next time. Hopefully dear we'll listener, talk about it.
1: You'll have all of your life questions answered.
0: I hope so. As as my guru, I need Colleen to tell me. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is this numeric optimization
1: okay, that tell I me. came up with. Tell me about it.
0: So... <clears throat> been reading, <coughs> excuse me. I've been reading these sequel books, right? Yes. And I actually just got two Postgres books because I probably need to know more about Postgres because I know nothing about it. Um, yeah. So I've been reading these sequel books, and one of the um, clever things that they're talking about in terms of indexing is when you use like a let's say um, number is between one and 10, right? What MySQL is gonna do is it's gonna do like a range scan, which okay. is, you know, can be um, can be index uh, assisted, right? So if you have an index on that thing, it is index assisted. However, it is faster and more performant in many cases to say instead of um, number between one and ten to say number in and then do the parentheses and put one two three four five six seven eight nine ten right
1: hmm. okay
0: so that's called a, a multiple equality versus a range okay right so the multiple equality in my sequel is not evaluated as like a equals one or equals two or equals three. Like it's, that's not how it works. That would suck. That's no good. It's evaluated. um, Using. It's, it's a multiple equality. So it gets to use the indexes. So it's lightning fast. Okay. The other benefit is let's say you have a multi-part index wherever. And it's like column a, b and c. And if, You are searching on column B. So it's right there in the middle. A, B, and C is your index. Column B is in the middle. You're searching on column B, and your criteria for column B is a range. So you're like A equals 1, B between 1 and 10. So column B is a range. It can't then take advantage of the third part of the index, column C. Wherever it reaches the first range condition, going from left to right, it stops. Hmm. There's something called like loose index scanning, but it's just, you know, it stops. So you can't use the whole index. It stops when you reach the first range. So all that being said, I realized for cases like our numeric condition and potentially our date condition, if it's a date without a time um i realized that are you still tracking with me
1: yeah (laughs) okay
0: uh you had the furrowed brows i couldn't (laughs) tell i realized that um in a numeric condition if you don't allow floats so it has to be integers because if it's a float, then the range is infinite because you can just keep going smaller and smaller decimal points, right? Um, in a numeric condition that doesn't allow floats, and you know the bounds of the data, we can transparently optimize the user's intent of show me numbers between one and ten. We can transparently optimize that to show me numbers in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yep. Right? Yep. So that's great. So we can do that for between clauses. Mm-hmm. But we're kind of hosed on less than, greater than, not equals, not between, right? So what I added was um the ability to define the minimum and maximum bounds of the numeric input. Okay. So let's say you're setting up a condition for like um you know user's age or whatever you can say that the minimum is 0 like you know that it's it's not -1 right so if you say the minimum is 0 and the maximum is i don't know 120 80 whatever um not only does that validate the user's input on the front end so like you're not going to get garbage in mm-hmm. um so it'll validate that it's between 80 and Uh, zero and 80 but we can also then use that as one of our bounds for numeric optimization
1: yep
0: right so if we say like in our in our app at work like we have to choose a year for certain things and we only have data going back to 2018 so i can say the minimum you can choose is 2018 the maximum is we'll do this year plus one why not and so now we have what five values 18 19 20 21 22 So, when the user says, oh, I want anything after 2018, I can convert that from a range to a multiple equality because I know the bounds of the universe. And if they say, I want anything that's not 2021, even on a not equals, I can convert that to a multiple equality and just take the five that I know exist and take out the one they're not looking for and use those four. So, I can... And it's great because we have this issue where not only is our app living or our library living in an unknown environment, but then it's being used by users. And so even the developer doesn't really know exactly how it's going to be used. And so if we can apply these transparent optimizations when the data fits, I think we're going to be able to really increase a certain number of queries, you know, not all of them, but we'll be able to offer these optimizations and tell the app developers, like, listen, we've done everything we can. We've probably done everything you can, too. And it's going to be as performant as it can as be.
1: possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I like that idea. Have you started doing that at work? Have you played around with it?
0: Um, I've played around with it on our work data. And I've implemented it in... Um, hammerstones version of refine okay the work the work version of the filter builder um is completely independent because of my em- employment contract so i'm not using this optimization at work got it but i tested the um SQL on work data if that got makes it. sense
1: so how are you defining those bounds is that
0: so it's just another in, in our world uh, in laravel it's just another um fluent method on the condition. So um just another attribute on the condition. So I would say numeric condition name is age min is 0 max is 80.
1: Got it. Cool. I like it. That's yeah. great. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Cool, right? Yeah, that's and super I, cool. And,
0: and I realized we could also do this um potentially on dates provided there's no time data. Okay. So you know on on The columns you can have, I forget all their names, date, date, time, time timestamp, all all that garbage. Um, The ones that are proper dates with no times attached to it, those are finite, right? With time, it's not really finite because it's continuous. So with dates, it's finite. So if it's a date column and we know the bounds and it makes... Since we don't, you know, if if the range is a million items wide, we're not gonna do that. Right. We're just gonna use the engine to do that for us. Yeah. We could also perform that optimization on dates. I think that'll be less useful because I think most people are using um timestamps where they have the date and the time that like yeah. the thing happened. Um but why not? It's free for the app developer. Yep. Like if it works, it's a bonus. And if it doesn't, you're right back where you were. So
1: nice. I like it.
0: Interesting, right?
1: Yeah, it's super cool.
0: I'm curious if there are any other things like that out there because, like, the breakthrough I had was, why doesn't MySQL do this? That was my question, and the answer is because MySQL doesn't know. MySQL doesn't know the bounds of the data. Right. It knows what's currently in there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but in terms of like um, business requirements, it doesn't know the logical bounds of the data. And so it, it just, it can't make that optimization because it may do it wrong. hmm So.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Cool, huh? Very cool. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Super pumped. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: I was pleased with that one. All right. I've got seven minutes before proper meeting. What do you got?
1: Um, well, also, I'm trying to get... The query builder working with sample client data, like a bigger set. I don't, I can't obviously do a billion records, but with the, the sure. bigger set of data, because we've been mm-hmm. leaning really heavily on our tests, which are great, but you know, mm-hmm. spell out the SQL. So I think that'll be a big win to be able to show them the Mm -hmm. data query builder working on their data what you said earlier about grinding it out and like just kind of Mm -hmm. wanting to get there i kind of feel that way right now because (laughs) our package for rails is already so good that Mm -hmm. it's like mostly done and the client wants these amazing optimizations which are going to be so great but it's a lot of stuff (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um I feel good about it. I feel like all of the really hard like is this even going to work? Details are worked out. So now it's mm-hmm. just execute. Um but there's a lot of, there's a lot to execute. And yeah. there's a lot Yeah, there's a lot to execute for these guys. And so hopefully Have you gotten
0: to show them the sizzle yet? Like have you shown them Look, this works. And now we're talking optimizations, or are we still like- No,
1: because they the reason the reason that is, the reason I don't have anything cool to show yet. Well, hopefully if I get that sample data in mm-hmm. and get it working on that, that'll be a little bit better. But um the cool thing that they really want to see are the save filters reapplied elsewhere. Right. Yeah. And so Which is
0: super cool. Yeah.
1: Which will be super cool. And the back end is getting really close, but um, it's not quite done, and the front end is really the challenge there for me. Is is mm-hmm. how because I'm going to have to basically like for example, if you want to get if your like nested filter is a product um, and it's related to contacts and you're on the contact filter, I'm going to have to somehow examine mm-hmm. all of the relationships on the contact model, mm-hmm. sort through the available filters, I haven't figured, and then provide them in a dropdown. That's what I think I'm going to do. That's my plan. So there's Mm -hmm. like just lots of stuff like that. It's like, how is this exactly going to work? And it's going to be so great, but it's still, it's, it's still a lot of, a lot of things um, to finish up there. So,
0: and you don't have like that, um, the same thing I'm feeling. You don't have like that emotional win of having shown them like, look, this works oh, and it rules. And I So know. there's still this like, what? A, who knows what they're thinking? But what you're thinking is: Do they doubt that this is ever going to happen? Do they doubt me? Am I an idiot? Like, that's and exactly so what I am. You thinking. don't. You don't have that win of, look, this freaking thing works. Let's talk improvements and optimizations and yeah. that. That is the trough of despair. <laughs> that
1: is 100%. Like, Aaron, that's so yeah. funny because you, you hit it on the head. That's yep. exactly the state I'm in right now. So I'm like. Listen,
0: if you want to talk feelings, <laughs> I'm your guy. I
1: guy. That's
0: exactly how I feel.
1: <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. So that's All right. Well, I got to go. You got to go. That's all it. right, man. It was good chatting with you.
0: All right. Talk, soon. talk to
1: you later.